What I think it does a really nice job of is it simplifies and reframes the way we think about our message to our audience. And it really hits in on the idea that companies sell to solve external problems, but buyers buy to solve internal ones. Uh, and that as marketers, especially, but also as businesses, we have a responsibility to understand some of those emotional struggles that our buyers are having and how that translates to our solution that can be offered. Welcome to Social Post, a podcast brought to you by Meet Edgar. Each week, we bring you a guest to inspire your creativity, breathe new life into your marketing strategy, and get you motivated to take action in your business. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll walk away feeling like you took your social media marketing multivitamin. Enjoy the interview and remember, what's possible for them is possible for you. And we can't wait to see your success. This episode of Social Post is brought to you by me, Edgar. That's right, we're sponsoring our own podcast. We are the social media automation tool that saves you eight hours a week on your marketing strategy and gets you off the content creation treadmill. If your social media could use a makeover, come try our category-based evergreen schedule today. We're offering a free month to Social Post listeners when you use the code SOCIALPOST upon checkout. Now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Social Post, a podcast brought to you by me, Edgar. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by Ashley Levesque, who is actually the brand and revenue driver for a program that we love using here at Me Edgar called Demio, that we run all of our webinars and user onboarding through. Ashley is going to be a wealth of knowledge today as she really uniquely understands the challenges associated with small businesses and marketing teams. And I'm so excited for her to share the knowledge of how you can structure a really well-established team that fosters trust and emotional intelligence within your marketing and business strategy to deliver some really top quality advice. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Ashley to introduce herself a little bit more, and then we're going to get into a really fun conversation. So Ashley, go right ahead. Thank you. Wow. What an introduction, Megan. That was so nice. Really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, again, my name is Ashley. I'm, I'm based out of Boston. Uh, very cold here today, a balmy 19 degrees, I oh think. <laughs> um, and I am the director of marketing over at Demio. Um, really excited to be talking with you today about small marketing teams and um, kind of what I consider sort of an infrastructure or foundation for building uh, really great success in your in your marketing campaigns. Awesome. So to start out, I would just love to hear from you, someone with so much experience in this field, what your opinion is the difference between like a sales and marketing and branding, because we know we need all three of them, but I think it's kind of hard to understand the difference between what they all are. And if you could start out by giving your kind of viewpoint on that, as well as some key metrics that you like to focus on for each of those areas. Yeah, such a great question. And you know, I'm finding more and more today that these, these roles and departments that used to be a little bit more siloed are really blending together. So I'm seeing a lot of SaaS companies in particular taking up revenue generating teams, that kind of language and branding across their department structure to really showcase that 
departments are meant to work together and align toward the same revenue goals. So it's more than just sales and marketing alignment and these kitschy sort of you know, names that we that we talk about. And it's really about how do these departments work together to drive toward the same metrics, which really is about generating revenue. I think at the end of the day, depending on your business and your business goals, the majority of those objectives are going to be about driving profit or driving revenue or reducing churn or whatever it is. And organizations need to find a way to really empower all teams to support that same goal. And I'm finding a lot of people kind of taking ownership of thinking about customer success and support and sales and marketing under like one big umbrella. And while they certainly have different responsibilities, the idea of them being on the same roadmap really supports the, the ability for them to move forward as a cohesive team. Yeah, I love that. And it does make a lot of sense. You know, if you sell a product to someone and they learn about your branding, you want them to have that through line of having the same exact um, like association with that brand when they need to reach out for help with customer service. So in your um, kind of experience working with different brands and working at Demio, how are some of the, uh, like what skills do you really have that can bring together these different teams so that every touch point someone has with a brand really has that same brand brand voice? And what do you really focus on when you're trying to structure a team in that way? I think the biggest cornerstone to enable all of your teams is transparency and visibility. Mm. So I think in a lot of ways, and I, I might I might regret saying this at some point, but in a lot of ways, I think a lot of what we do can be taught. I, I really believe that anyone can be a marketer. Anybody can be a salesperson. These are basic skills that I think people can learn. Certainly there are like innate um, personality quirks and uh, emotional intelligences that are um, you know, part of who we are as people that might make us lean in one direction or the other. But I think the, the cornerstone for organizations to really focus on is just making sure that you have some kind of knowledge hub set up that is an easy, clear uh, kind of portal to communicate with your entire team so that whoever is the one responsible for creating messaging, whether that falls under product marketing or product management or customer marketing or whoever is responsible for it, it, it gets out into the larger masses of the organization. So we're all sharing the same language. We're all sharing the same messaging. When, when we align on value propositions, that filters down into every department because we're all seeing it in real time. And I think what some companies fail to do at a very basic level is just set something up. Set something up that that creates that kind of infrastructure of being able to say like, this is where our stuff lives. Mm. These are the people responsible for creating it, for updating it. This is how it fits into our, our processes. And then just letting the teams use it appropriately. I, I find that when companies take that, that really easy step, not only does it promote kind of what you've been talking about, Megan, around like, how do we make sure we're using the same language and how do we make sure that all of these touches are consistent, but it also creates an internal work culture 
that promotes transparency and visibility. It helps people collaborate easier. It helps people share information and ideas and maybe a little bit of a safer space because it's, it's part of, it's, it's ingrained now in the organizational structure. And I'm finding that some of these easy things are, are being missed among organizations. They're just not setting stuff up that way. Yeah, I love that answer because I feel like so often you want to be like, oh, I wish I could read the CEO's mind of my company and know what they were thinking. And it's like, well, you can if they've documented things properly. If you have that system and that Loom video showing you exactly how they want something done or their thought process about something. Um, I totally agree that that sort of uh, structure can really help an entire team feel empowered to get their own ideas out there. And the more sort of ideas that we have coming together from different perspectives, the stronger one campaign or one sort of um, feature that we're building into software can be. So I totally agree with that. And it really seems like everywhere I turn these days, whatever I'm reading or whatever I'm listening to on podcasts about marketing, people are saying the same thing about mindset. Growth mindset is the way to go. And that's making the biggest difference over any sort of like hacks that you can do, funnel hacking or anything else. It's your mindset that's really pushing towards successful marketing campaigns. Um, Can you talk to me a little bit about sort of your own mindset that you've seen help yourself or help others, especially I know you're involved in um, really championing women in marketing and sales right now. So what sort of advice can you give to people out there on the mindsets that you've seen work really well? Generally speaking, I'd love to see marketers take a little bit more ownership over their own leadership development Mm. and empowering those Um, either that they manage through a hierarchy or even just through influence um, to do the same thing. I'm seeing a lot of conversation around what you were talking about. Like, what are the funnel hacks? What are the campaigns I should run? What kind of strategies should I deploy in order to get this result? And all of that is important. But again, if we don't have that infrastructure of how we actually teach and enable our team to be self-sufficient, to um, search for their own answers and, and, to, and to be invested in their own development and skill set, we're really missing the mark on our ability to scale the organization. And so I really want to see people, you know, I want to see organizations develop, um, developing professional development programs. I want to see like budget set aside for, okay, we're going to have some clear expectations for our group this year. We're going to have hard conversations about what we want from our marketing team, from our sales team. And then we're going to say, okay, here's a little bit of money to help you meet those expectations. One of the things that I, that I hear a lot of when things aren't working well is organizations jump right to asking the question, is this person the wrong fit for this job? And I really think we should be asking two other questions before we jump there. One, have I set clear expectations for what this role is supposed to look like? And two, have I provided the tools and resources that this role requires in order to fulfill those expectations successfully? And we're just missing, we're missing that. We're kind of jumping over or, or we're ignoring um, the opportunity to really invest back in our team, which, which is certainly an investment back in the company. So I really wanna see more of that. And I really wanna see marketers excited about that. That doesn't have to come from executive leadership. We should be asking, right? We should be saying like, oh my gosh, there's this awesome conference I want to go to. I want to take this course. And I want it to be about more than just marketing skills. I want to learn about 
how to have hard conversations with my team. I want to learn about hiring and firing. And I want to learn about um, vulnerability and emotions in the workplace. Like all of this stuff is how we create stronger relationships with each other inside the organization and how we can invest in retaining our employees and developing a, a workplace culture that brings new people on board in an excited way. Oh man, you have me so excited to go and look into these things. I love this so much. Now you're talking a lot about having these strong bonds and something that I know I have been a part of in every company and position I've worked at is this conversation around when to have a meeting, when to send an email, when to do all of that. What's your philosophy behind having meetings to make sure everyone's on the same page and that you have enough so that you're comfortable talking with people or when to save time and just send the email? Do you have any kind of guidelines that you can offer the community on that? I love that question. And I do think that this has changed a little bit during COVID times. So I have kind of two ways that I think about this. One is uh, Demio, for example, is a fully remote company and we always have been fully remote. So even pre-COVID, our company was really designed with communication top of mind because we've always been separated. So we have a, a bunch of different ways that we talk to each other all the time. So one philosophy I have is we are not going to meet about it unless we are unable to find the answer, communicate clearly, or ask the question via the other communication methods that we have. The other philosophy, which is mildly contradictive to that first one, is I do think it's important to have visual moments face-to-face -face with your team in order to develop relationships. And you can't work together effectively without recognizing that you have a relationship with these people. That doesn't mean that you have to be best friends and they all have to be in your wedding and you have to name your first baby after them. And it doesn't even really mean that you have to like them at all, but it does mean that you have a relationship with them that has to be recognized in order for you to do the work that you have to do. And it, it just is true that it's easier to communicate sometimes face-to-face especially as a team leader, I like to see my people. I miss in virtual settings sometimes the body language that helps me understand if they're doing okay, that helps me understand if they're really on board or if they're distracted or all of the things that we take for granted that happen in a real life situation that we've sort of lost, you know, over a virtual setting, we can't, we can't forget how important some of those um, methods are to our awareness of, again, how our team is doing. Like that is an important part of, of all of our conversations. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And I've noticed a theme here as you're going throughout talking about all of these answers um, that you bring up a lot of different like tools and ways that you can stay in contact with your team. And Edgar being a software, Demio being a software, we love the automated tools that are out there today. Are there any non-negotiable tools if you were going into like a new company and setting up a marketing team that you would recommend that company actually take advantage of to structure your team in a good way? Oh, I love that question. Um, so I'm actually new to Notion. Ah. Uh, I didn't use Notion prior to coming to Demio. And now that I'm in it, I'm like, how did I ever do <laughs> prior to that? Um, I find in a lot of ways, I find it simultaneously overwhelming with possibilities and also very structurally intuitive. I love the way that it provides visibility and transparency and interconnects. 
So for example, we use Notion for our OKR system. So we can easily see like, what are our high level objectives for the company and how do those translate into departmental objectives and who owns what and how are we doing against them? And the ability to kind of see them all stacked together is really helpful to know that we're on track and that we're all kind of on the same page. So Notion's a big one. Um, we've been, a, a, I've been a HubSpot user for a long time and, and I, I, I'm sort of a HubSpot baby. I really like HubSpot. I've used a lot of different tools as well, but um, those are the two big ones that I find myself in every day uh, that really help me progress on, on what I'm trying to do. Awesome. So those are two that I totally will echo that I think are incredibly helpful for bringing teams together and making sure everyone is working towards those same goals. Um, now, when you're actually setting like key metrics um, and numbers for your team, how often do you guys go over those numbers? Because I feel like sometimes it's best to let things marinate and let it work out for a quarter, but other times you want to know how to pivot quickly from a project or a campaign that might not be showing the results that you want. What's your philosophy behind like how often to check in with those numbers and when you should make that decision to go all in or pivot on a project you might have started? That's a great question. So I'm a big fan of having two sets of data that I'm looking at at any given time. And that's me as the marketing leader, right? So I don't, I don't expect my entire marketing team to be constantly looking at these two sets of data, but my responsibility is to understand what are those high level, high level objective numbers? How are we doing against those? So revenue, ARR, MRR, churn rate, all of those big kind of things. And then what are my campaign goals and metrics that I'm looking at on this side? So I like on a, a monthly basis with my team, at the end of every month, I like to revisit our OKRs and our specifically our key results to say, okay, our OKRs are based on a quarter time frame. So we look at them at the end of the first month to say, okay, we're about a third of the way there. How are we doing? Are we are we close? Do we need to pivot? Um, we don't work in you know two week sprints. I know a lot of companies that do and think it's really successful for them. It's not something that we've tried, but that cadence seems to work really well for us. So we look at a, them globally on kind of a, a monthly scale as a group but I also have my eye on those and the big metrics hmm. on, a, on a more consistent basis. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like you have done so much in this idea of learning on the job and what you were speaking to on one of our previous questions. And I was just wondering like, if you're someone who just wants to break into the marketing field, are there any books or something that you would recommend for people as your kind of go-tos that have really helped you learn um, and be able to pass along to our community? Yeah, there's two resources I would recommend. So one is a book, um, Story Brand, the Story Brand book, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. What I think it does a really nice job of is it simplifies and reframes the way we think about our message to our audience. And it really hits in on the idea that companies sell to solve external problems, but buyers buy to solve internal ones. Uh, and that as marketers, especially, but also as businesses, we have a responsibility to understand some of those emotional struggles that our buyers are having and how that translates to our solution that can be offered. Um, I think it also opens up 
a window into some of what we're talking about here today, which is a little bit more of vulnerability and a little bit more of um, emotional intelligence and how that fits inside of a framework of an organization. So highly recommend that book. Cool. The other thing I would recommend, which isn't so much a resource as uh, like a, an education or learning path is I really think that marketing operations is a really good place to start, even for entry-level marketers, because I think it gets marketers familiar with KPIs and metrics right away, helps them identify what are the things that happen that bring me there, hmm. helps you pair them with owners in your organization, who needs this information and who's responsible for providing uh, the content that's going to get us there, whatever it is. But really getting inside your CRM or your marketing automation platform or, or even your, your webinar platform, any, any platform that's providing metrics for you and digging deep into it and, and being able to learn in real time how to analyze data and also how to pick apart the noise of data. Like what doesn't matter here? That's still interesting, but like, do I really need to know that 80% of my you know, customer base is, is looking at my website on mobile, maybe, <laughs> is it going to inform a change in the way I do business? Like, am I getting rid of my website from a desktop view? Am I, you know, am I, am I going to change it? If not, we don't need to be looking at it. I think that is a really great place to start for, for new marketers, for sure. Oh, those are great suggestions. And that was kind of a selfish question because I am totally going to take both of those and go look that up. Awesome. Um, so as we kind of close out here, being a social media automation tool, I would love for my last question just to be about the way you think about social media in the context of an entire marketing department. Because so often I think we can get so wrapped up in, you know, social media numbers matter the most. We have to get so many sales from it, but we forget, you know, there's a lot of other things to a marketing department. So you being kind of in charge of that whole department. How do you look at social media in there? You know, what do you pay attention to and how do you kind of see the future of social media fitting into marketing? I love it. So I think a lot about the hook when I'm, when I'm doing my marketing, I think a lot about how important we all know it is to educate our market, to talk about the value of our product, mm -hmm. to make sure that people love us, right? Brand affinity. And how can we get people to want to spend more time with us? And when I think about how do we first get them in the door, like how do I first get their eyes? That's when I usually turn to social. So I love, and you'll see this on our social, we use our social platforms as a way to um, hook people. We like to do humor and memes and gifts and lots of emojis and sometimes controversial statements because if you can't get their attention, you can't educate them. Mm. And if I continue to push out the same information about me and about my company, it's noise and there's so much going on, but social is a great place to experiment with that, I think. And it's also so fun. It is such a fun, um, quick two-way opportunity, right? Where I think email can feel a little one way. People might be less likely to participate in what I'm sending out into the world. People love participating on social. It's like what people spend too much of their day doing probably. So we love to pose questions and do polls and quizzes and really amp up the engagement uh, because I think it's fun 
And it's a, it's a great way to, to understand our audience better too. Do you like this? Do you think this is funny? Do you want to spend more time with us? Is this something you're interested in? That's definitely how we tend to lean on social for sure. Oh, what an amazing answer. I completely agree with the fact that the experimental mindset and the fun in it is so often lost by companies, but that is the most effective thing you can do. So Ashley, this has been so amazing. If you just want to share where people can find out more about Demio or yourself, just to wrap it on up here, um, I'm sure our community would love to go further with this information. Absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn, Ashley Levesque. Demio is at demio.com and on all social media platforms. And we'd love to talk. So please reach out. Awesome. Thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. If you want to go further, I'll put those links in the show notes. Go ahead and subscribe to Social Post for a new episode from a marketing expert every single Wednesday. And Ashley, thank you so much for your time and expertise today. Thank you, Megan. Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to keep the conversation going with us on social. We're at Meet Edgar on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So let us know your biggest takeaway from today's episode and don't forget to tag us. Visit www.meetedgar.com and start a free trial to up-level your social media marketing strategy today. Happy posting!